Coming up this time, memories from the Magic Maverick. So I said, hang on a bit, you know, what about my wages? He said, what are you looking for? I, I said, 90 pounds a week. He said, I'll give you 120 pounds <laughs> Now sign the contract. Now, I can't even spell spaghetti. Never mind talk Italian. And when it comes to self-confidence, maybe Cluffy met his match. And he said, young man, I'm going to make you an England player. And I said to him, this, you know, truth, gospel truth, I said to him, I'll make myself an England player, uh, boss. <laughs> and I said, on top of that, I'll get you promotion. Hi, I'm Steve Chettle. You're listening to the Green Jumper podcast with Marcus Alton. My guest today has been described as a football maverick who was hugely admired by Brian Clough, a brilliant winger and has a great story to tell. It's hello to Terry Curran. Thanks for joining us today. Hello and uh, thank you for inviting me on, Marcus. It's, uh, it's an honour, obviously, because uh, it's a tribute to the great man himself, Brian Clough, That's my boss. Uh, and it's, it's an honour for me to be invited to do this type of things of, of such a great manager. Can I start by saying, is, is it right that you got on so well with Cluffy that he even bought you a car once? He did. He bought me a Capri. I had a, a, I had a Triumph uh, Spitfire. Uh, and I was going, you know, it took me a while to settle in at Nottingham. Yeah. You know, my first move away from home, really. When I say away from home, I was Doncaster. Yeah. But I used from Doncaster to go home every weekend, which is not... It's not too far from, from my mum and dad's house. He's a big friends with Jeff Boycott, and he's from my village. Because ah. I used to think, how does he know all this information about me? Because <laughs> all managers want to know uh, when they really like a player, what, what's a player doing? What's he up to? Is he out? Is he drinking? What's he, you know, what's what's happening? Yes. They all want to know what you do with your lifestyle. So, And Clough and Taylor were specialists at that, weren't they? Finding out a bit about the players before they, they signed. And I think Cluffy had got his eye on you for, for quite a bit before you put pen to paper. Yes, he had. I mean, um, he'd watched me a few times. Uh, his scouting uh, team had watched me. He'd been, he'd been chasing me for a good six months. And what did he say to you when you signed eventually? What did he say? Sign that contract there, young man. And I turned around and I said, not yet, I'm not. I said, I'm a plane on Saturday. He said, I haven't bought you to sit on the bench, lad. Uh, <laughs> so I, he said, sign the contract. So I said, hang on a bit, you know, what about my wages? He said, what are you looking for? I, I said, 90 pounds a week. He said, I'll give you 120 pounds, <laughs> now sign the contract. I said, well, hang on a bit. I said, I'm due. Three, uh, three and a half thousand pounds from Doncaster because I asked for a transfer. They got me to ask for a transfer. Yeah. You know, and he said, uh, I will give you that. I told you I would give you that, uh, young man. And then he said, sign the contract. I said, well, you're giving me that three and a half thousand pounds out of my transfer deal. Yeah. But I want to sign it on for you as well. What are you looking for? I said, same as a three and a half. He said, you've got that now. Sign the damn contract, young man. <laughs> And I signed the contract and I played on the Saturday. Yeah. This was on the Wednesday. Uh, the beat Rotherham 5-0 or 5-1. I was in the uh, director's room and Alan Hill came and got me after the game, took me into the dressing room to, to meet Clough again. Yeah. The boss took me straight over to Martin O'Neill and said to Martin, young man, this is Terry Curran. 
this is going to be one hell of a play and he's taking your place on Saturday. <laughs> now, it might sound good and it might sound great, but it's not a nice thing for me because, you, you know, straight away, mm. and Martin was a lovely bloke, don't get me wrong, but it's not, you know, but that's how the boss was. That's, yes. That was his character. And without his character, without your character, my character, we wouldn't be the same people, would we? It was still a bit embarrassing, and, a bit awkward. you know. Uh, yeah. But I understood. I understood how he was, but it, it, I found it difficult at times because obviously Martin, Robbo, Tony, Bert Bowery, Glyn Saunders, Viv, mm. uh, Jimmy McCann—they were like all in a group, young lads. I mean, they're, they're a couple of years older than me, you know. Robbo and them a couple of years older than me. I think Woody may be a couple of years younger than me. Yeah, but uh, I found it a bit difficult at first. But once I got playing and got got into my three free, I started to find my form, and it, everything was looking good up until the up until the bad injury. You got an injury, and we'll we'll, we'll come on to that, Terry. And um, I guess you know you were travelling back to Doncaster, which, which probably didn't help at the time. But at least you got that Capri to um, to help you out there. And didn't he say to you, "I'm going to make you into an England player"? Yes, he did. He did, and he said. And these are exact words, and I can prove this with uh, Mr. Appleby. Yes, Brian Appleby was the chairman, wasn't he, at the time? Yes, yeah. his son, because I was speaking to his son not long ago, yeah. and he sent me a text, and I have the text, so I'll pass the text on to you. Uh, and that was another thing when, when I was signing the contract, and he said, young man, I'm going to make you an England player. And I said to him, this is, you know, truth, gospel truth, I said to him, I'll make myself an England player, uh, boss. And I said, on top of that, I'll get you promotion. And Mr. Appleby turned around and said, if you give us promotion, I'll buy you a new suit. Right? Yes. Did I get and the suit? No, because obviously I finished getting injured and I finished up leaving, well, beginning of next season. Yes. So I never got a chance to ask no. Mr. Appleby, only in a bit of fun. But it, they sent me a text not long ago, and he, his, uh, Paul, his son, said, uh, my dad remembered it. I mean, he just passed away not long ago, I think. And he said, uh, "My dad, my dad remembered it, uh, but it's too late for the suit." Obviously, <laughs> laugh out loud on it. Yeah, you never got that, but, but uh, the, it was it was the, a nice the, thought. The car story, the yeah. car story. He told me one day. He said to me, "Young man, give me your car keys." And I thought, "What do you want those for?" Anyway, I gave him. You know, yeah. Went training, came back an hour and a half, two hours training, whatever it was. Got showered, went to the manager's office to get me keys. Obviously, going home. <laughs> I said, have you got my keys, boss? He gave me the keys. And I never really looked at me. I'm like that. I just put them in my pocket, went yeah. to the car. Yeah. Went, well, went outside, couldn't see my car. I've got keys. I thought, where's the car? So I goes back in and says, my car's not there, boss. Where is it? And he was smiling. He, he said, comes outside with me. He said, it's there. I don't want you driving home. And if you do drive home, I don't want you driving in a little sports car, young man. And he bought me a Capri. But... If you ask any of the lads here, Ian Boyer, Martin O'Neill, Robbo, I was his favourite. I yeah. was his favourite. Uh, I never, in all my time there, three years, yeah. even when I finished asking for a move, he never once gave me a rollicking. Never once. Huh? And I can, honestly, I can say that in front of everybody at that football club. And they know that. They know that. Yeah. And didn't he even help you when you had your two front teeth knocked out in a match? Yeah, that was at Fulham. Yeah, that was up Fulham. What and, happened? What um, happened then afterwards? How did you know that? Is that in the book? It is. It's in your first book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened at Fulham? Um, 
I mean, everybody asked me about my best goal, and that was my best goal I've ever scored. All right. For Forrest at Fulham, first match of the mm. season. It was a corner. I just started to make a run when Strong elbowed me. He knocked one of my teeth out. The three at this side were loose, and the two of the other two, one was yeah. loose and one was black. They said, stop in Nottingham this weekend, young man. Come to my house. I'll take you to the dentist and we'll go and have some lunch. Uh, and I'll never forget this because uh, we got for some lunch to this, when I say hotel, it was a big pub mm. type of, mm. uh, and the tramp must have been outside. And Nigel had come in. It was Nigel. Nigel come in and he said to him, Dad, there's a tramp outside. Yeah. And he took him to lunch. Obviously, couldn't fetch him inside, or he wouldn't didn't fetch him inside. But he took him to lunch outside. You know, that's a, that's the type mm. of man. Well, a lot of pe- a lot of people didn't know. You know what are the good things uh, the boss did. You yeah. know, he was he was a socialist, but wanted everybody every socialist to be equal. Yeah. And have a Mercedes, have a nice car, that type of thing. You know what I mean? Such yeah. a really generous man. You know, behind the scenes, people didn't see that. I never got reported on. Well. Going way, way back, you were born Edward Curran. So yes. how did the name Terry come about? Well, my trainer, John Quigley. I've, I've got a brother called Terry, by the way. Oh, right. I've got a brother called Terry Tevins. <laughs> my name is Edward Curran. Yeah. And Teddy's short for uh, Edward. Yeah. Or Eddie, you know. But back home, I mean, people now, some people back even my village what know me, call me Terry. Yeah, yeah. And I've, they know my brother, Terry, right? <laughs> Some call me Ted, don't get me wrong. Bit confusing. You know. But, <laughs> but he used to come to football matches, and um, what what happened was John Quigley, Scottish guy, mm. kept calling me Terry because <laughs> my brother Terry's what he used to call. <laughs> Getting them mixed up, you know what I mean? Yes. So, and I used to say to him, my name, John, my name's Teddy, not Terry. <laughs> anyway, he kept going. I made my debut at um, Gillingham, yeah. and the reporter was a guy called Joe Slater, and uh, he, he put a headline on, thank heavens for little Terry. And I don't know what the thank heavens were for, for because we got beat 5-0 <laughs> on my debut. Oh, dear. But I did play quite well in, in, in the game. Yeah. Uh, and I said to Joe, Joe, my name's not Terry. It's Teddy. And he said to me, well, Terry suits you better. You look, you know, yeah. So you better. I said, no, but my name's Teddy. And I used to sign Teddy on autographs with people who asked me for autographs. And he used to say to me, will you sign Terry? You know, yeah. So he finished up doing that way. So when I signed for for, for, for the boss mm. in Nottingham Forest, when I signed the contract, Edward Curran, he said, young man, why, why did they call you Terry when it's Edward? And I said, and so I told him, like I'm telling you. Mm. So he started calling me Edward. Yes. Because he, he used to call, you know, uh, he didn't call Martin by a nickname or Woody, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It would be Anthony, you know. Yes. Peter with it would be Peter. It never went yeah. Pete, it was Peter, you know. So for about four months, five months, something like that, he called me Edward. Edward. And then he started calling me Terry. And that's that's how Terry came about through a guy called John Quigley who won the FA Cup with Nottingham Forest in 1959. Brilliant. And and Brian did actually call you Terry in the end. Then he didn't call you Terrence. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. No, no. You know, well, I tell you, he used to call me two things, right? Young man. Yes. I always nearly got called that young, young man. Young man. Yeah. Or, or golden balls. Right. 
He used to say, yeah. golden balls, yeah. I'll jump your <laughs> off if you don't make me a goal today. <laughs> you know, brilliant, was, absolutely was, brilliant. So you were, the, you were the original golden balls before Beckham. Well, I was in yes. brain Clough's eye. Exactly. And when you yeah. look what Clough wrote about me, uh, he wrote that I was the best young player that he'd signed. That included Colin Todd and um, Roy McFarland. Yeah. And obviously, Robbo went on to be absolutely genius and a, a massive legend for Nottingham Forest. Mm. But I was the one that he pinned hopes on at the time. Yes, yes. I was well, the one he pinned hopes on at the time. I can imagine, because at the start of the 76 season, you scored, I think, in the opening league match uh, and set up a goal for, for John O'Hare in the um, draw at, at Fulham. And, and Brian Clough said, and this is a quote, there's not a more exciting sight in the country than seeing Curran pick the ball up in his own half and go past people as if they weren't there. Uh, that sort of praise must have given you such a boost at the time. Marcus, to explain, if somebody spoke about you as a young kid who was well-respected in the game, it's one of the finest things you'll ever achieve in your life. But at the same time, you're in a group, you're in a team. Mm. And regardless of what anyone says, there will become some animosity yes. towards other players because Robbo were a great player. You know, uh, Woody, uh, a funny little story with Woody, they, it, Woody would have gone to, 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 to Lincoln or uh, Doncaster Rovers. About £5,000. If either one of those two clubs would have come up with it, uh, and he said to me one day, he said to me, who was the best player on the park last night, young man? And I said, Woodcock, we were going down to Bristol City, Forest were playing Man United, it reserves. And he said to me, he said, you know nothing about football, lad. And I said to him, because I was the only one who would say, well, Larry Lloyd would say things, don't get me wrong, but the rest of them wouldn't say a thing, mm. you know. Um, and I said to him, are you selling and you'll regret it? Yeah. After training one day, he came back, he came over, and he said he put everybody. He said, "Young man, I, I apologise to you. Woodcock is a player, young man, and you do know something about football." Yes. But uh, when yeah. he spoke uh, about me like that, yeah. obviously, it, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. But but in the back of my mind, because what anybody says, I always felt a bit guilty on other players, Marcus. Yeah. But that's me in general. I will say things, you know. Uh, if I've criticised anyone in football, it's always been managers uh, and not players because we have to play to managers' orders. We have to play to a manager's philosophy. Um, but it, it's... I can't describe it. It's its a wonderful feeling, but yeah. there's always thinking, what's other players thinking? You know what I mean? Yes. He did another one where he said uh, Stevie Copeland, Gordon Hill are grabbing all the headlines, and rightly so. But Curran would walk into... Derby County and Liverpool, yeah. and if, if Curran was at United, his name would be in bright lights. So, wow, how do you, you know, this was the, this was the the next big thing in football. Uh, never off at TV, always in the papers, and he's talking about me like that. I couldn't believe that how highly he thought of me as a player. Well, it, it goes down to his man management skills, uh, I guess. Not that I think you needed a huge amount of encouragement because you had a lot of confidence yourself um, the way you played the game. But he was even praising you on that fateful day 
that you had the knee injury. It was, I think, October 76, and uh, you suffered a, a really bad knee injury against Burnley. And Cluffy said afterwards uh, something like, our promotion hopes yeah, yeah. Ju- just limped out the door. The door. Yeah. yeah. Incredible, isn't it? I'll tell you the reason why. Um, people say to me, lots of people couldn't understand club. Even a lot of players say it. Mm. He comes from a big family, and he was a family man, and he would and he looked after all his brothers and sisters, and he used to call himself big head. But he knew he weren't a big head, and he was never a big head. Right? Mm. He was never that, you know. But I would say, like, I've I've got eight brothers. My mum and dad, that's 10. He'd say to me, how many tickets do you want, young man? I said, 10. And he knew, I, he knew I'd got a big family. <laughs> 10? <laughs> you know? And then he'd laugh. But I used to make him laugh. Yeah. Just like Pete. When Pete was around him, he always smiled more. Always smiled more when Pete was around him. But I did used to make him laugh. I mean, later on in it, I'll tell you some really good stories about him when I, when I was leaving. And whatever he said to me turned out right. Everything. And you made a great comeback after that injury. You were out for four months or whatever, and um, you were still on on great form after that. I think in the in the book Forest Giants, it, it describes how you became the the star of the show, as they described it, with some of your absolutely breathtaking performances. And and, and I think um, you know I've seen clips of you on, on on YouTube and what have you, where you actually just kick the ball the other side of the defender and run off the pitch and round them, you were that confident. Yeah. You see, he used to love me running with the ball and he always used to say to me, go on, keep taking him on, keep taking him on. And he knew I got his character. I'm not classing myself as brain glove. I got his character to have that confidence and I would never, I was never rude to him. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be afraid to say something back to him, not in a rude way, but he'd say something and I'd answer back of, with a comment. And if it were bad, he, he would have given me a rollicking. Mm. And he never did. You know, yeah. he, he just, he knew I got that belief in my ability to, uh, and I, I think he saw, it, I, thought, I think he saw himself, me in him, mm. when, I, when he was a young man. You know, he yeah. got this confident and he was in the dressing room where maybe a lot of people uh, didn't like him because he was outspoken. I mean, I would never outspoken to players. Uh, but it, like he said, I remember him once saying, um, when we were talking to him, he said that some of the players used to have a, a go at me, you know, if, if I didn't score. And he turned around and he said, if you're bloody lot at the back, kept a clean sheet, we might win a game because I'm scoring goals. Yes. You know, yeah. and uh, I mean, I would never talk like that to, to, to my players, you know, but he saw that in me, you know, because I wanted to win. I really, my, I didn't think you could lose a game. I don't think you can lose it. I mean, it's silly. You, mm. why, you I don't give a damn who you are. The greatest team in the world mm. are going to lose games. But I was believing that you, you're never going to lose. You know, sometimes people might look at it thinking, is it arrogance? Is it being big? No, I, I want to win. I wanted to win in training. I wanted everything I did, I wanted to, to do. You know, but, and the setbacks can... But I used to bounce back. They were, after a game where a lot of players would be down, I never saw a club set down. And I, you know, many said would go down. 
But even Howard Kendler, what went on to win, his head had go down. You know what I mean? Yes. Clough never got his head down when we got beat. He always, you know, he believed in his ability. He believed in his players. And he believed in that, you know, he would win major trophies and his record. I mean, no disrespect to Derby County and, and Nottingham Forest. They're not Everton. They're not Manchester United. They're not Liverpool. They're not Arsenal. He's done this with two very, 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 very good clubs. But they're not the elite clubs. Two clubs I was proud to play for and all. You yeah. know, all of the clubs I was proud to play for because I was proud to be a footballer. That's my first and foremost, proud to be a, a, a footballer. And so to play all the clubs, Donny Rovers, you know, small little club, Donny, two and a half thousand people. But the pride to become a footballer, coming off a little council estate, you know, yeah. from a, a little mining village, and then to get one of the elite managers talking about me as so though I was the best thing since sliced bread. You'll not get anything better than that. Listen, the lads won the European Cup. Would I have liked to win the European Cup? Yes. But, you know, I... Because what anybody thinks, has it disappointed me not winning it? No. But what did? The two great things in football, George Best telling me that I was some player and I was going to be some player and Brian Clough to say the same thing. I'll take that with my grave with me above anything else. There are more great memories to come in the second part of my interview with Terry Curran, including the disagreement with Cluffy, which led to Terry's departure. I tell him, I says, look, I said, shove your team up your backside. I slammed the door, but I slammed the door that hard. It fell down. It came off the inches and fell down. It must have been loose. It has to have been loose. Join me, Marcus Alton, for part two of The Magic Maverick.